Welcome to Amplify. We're the show that will help you take your message, whatever it may be, and get it out through social media, networking, and other marketing channels. Maybe even some that you've never thought of. Whether you're an organization, small or large business, or you just have the next positive message that's sure to go viral, you'll want to stay tuned this hour. Now, here's your host, Ken Rashawn. Welcome to Amplified. This is Ken Rashawn on Influencer Channel, Voice America, out here in D.C. in a lovely cold weather, heading towards winter. I think there's only like 120 days till some warm weather, so countdown starts now. And uh, Andrea, the producer of the show, she is proudly acclaimed as being not only the producer, but my publicist, is out in sunny weather California and has been there for, I think, a little over three years. So how's it over there, Andrea? It's absolutely beautiful here. Uh, it's oh. been gorgeous weather. <laughs> that's, that's weird. You know, you wouldn't think sunny California would be so beautiful. <laughs> so we are going to get the secrets of how to be a billionaire. Some people barely have, you know, money at the end of the month and they're, they're looking for the month to be shorter. And here we're going to get the secrets to just expedite that from really having maybe a couple coins in your pocket to right up to billionaire level, I think. Which is awesome because it's convenient for people that are heading in 2020 and want to be really abundant. Hmm. That's why I think. Well, I certainly think it'll be very valuable for a lot of people to figure out how they can change their life and their abundance factor. So I'm excited about uh, the different uh, tips and tricks that we'll learn and the stories that we'll gather from our guest today. His name's Burnt, B-E-R-N-T, and his last name is Ullman. Um, sometimes when you say his name fast, it sounds like Burnt Almond, and we are not talking about a food product today. <laughs> However... Um, unburnt almonds are actually quite nutritious. And for those of you heading in 2020 with more of a vegetarian or plant-based diet, that could be rather helpful for your wellness. So <laughs> just some quick tips. And uh, Ken, you've been uh, doing some really cool stuff with uh, the Keep Smiling movement. Do you care to share uh, how things are going there? Oh, gosh, I wouldn't call it cool. I would call it uh, completeness. So we... We have our 100 authors, and we're in production, and golly gee, maybe in about two weeks or so, we'll have most of the books printed, and hopefully at the end of November for the holiday season, we'll have all 100 books of Keep Smiling for a daily dose for at least 100 days of 2020, and really a great gift for so many people that are looking for more hope, more inspiration, and actually more examples of people that are defying the odds and making things happen despite not being a billionaire. So that's uh, that's our hope with the Key Smiling Movement. As the executive director, I know that you have been on the road taking all kinds of wonderful photos of leaders who are not only inspiring smiles, but are bringing community together and also bringing abundance to the world. Yeah, I've I've been on a, a three-week uh, tour here. <laughs> um, before that, I was uh, gone for two weeks as well. I did go home for three or four days, and I have another week here. I'll be home for two or three days, and then I'll be back out here in California uh, covering a lot of events. One of them I went to this weekend called um, Many Shades of Pink, and it was an absolutely amazing event. Uh, lots of really wonderful people stepping up to help women of color uh, get mammograms and to really look out for them um, in their fight against breast cancer.
advisor and advocacy for healthcare, and uh, met a beautiful woman named Jasmine, who's uh, will be on in the future with us, who's a saxophone player who's currently on the Billboard charts. So uh, excited to um, have made her acquaintance and to get her picture along with some of the models at the event and and the people that are just really looking to make a difference in people's worlds, which is about, you know, all about our mission for the Keep Smiling. Hmm. That is pretty cool. And then you are also at Habitudes. Uh, yeah, Habitude Warrior. I did uh, both St. Louis and uh, here in San Diego and got to spend some time with Brian Tracy. And um, he and his son, Michael, uh, both were speaking at that event and in sharing with them during a luncheon, uh, I had uh, pitched the idea that it would be so fun to have a father-son uh um, interview and they readily agreed and actually had said they just had a conversation saying gosh we've never done anything together like that and so here they had just recently had an idea of that when I so I either read their minds or came up with the idea on my own and uh, they're excited about um, doing that with us and Brian's been featured in multiple of our books so uh, that was super fun <laughs> to have that occur. Did you get a new picture of Brian? I believe I did. <laughs> I, 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 I hope think so. so. That that picture I took was back in the day uh, at uh, Bug Free Mind, and it was in horrible lighting outside of an event. I think it was around 1030 at night, and I was like, gosh, at least I have some proof that I met the man, but you can barely tell that photo is of a person who's not Asian. Let's put it that way. I mean, he is, <laughs> well, I couldn't correct save my life. So I hope you got a new photo. And, and with all the books he's in, we need to freshen that photo up anyway. Yeah, uh, that certainly would be lovely. Um, well, I did definitely take pictures of him. So we'll uh, go. I still have to process all of those. So uh, lots of pictures coming your way of uh, lots of new exciting people. And I'm um, trying to remember who it was. I ran into somebody last night who was like, oh, I remember I was, um, my picture was taken and I was one of the very, oh, Francine Tone. She's an attorney. Um, she was in one of the very first publications um, yep, from Author 101. Author 101. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, we were at Entrepreneur City Live this last weekend. Uh, really a great event. Had a, a nice turnout of really, um, really wonderful people doing some powerful things. And a lot of friends that uh, Ken and I have um, interacted with over the years from the Internet Marketers Cruise. Um, I'm in Ag- Agay was here and Jane Powers and Danielle Fitzpatrick Clark uh, was the host. Um, Ken, I don't believe you've met her yet, uh, but it, the event went really, really well. And uh, I had an opportunity to take pictures of everyone there so that we can create a Keep Smiling book for Danielle's event that includes you know, her story as, as who she is and then has um, the people from her audiences and her clients that'll be in her book. So those of you listening, you know, a book can be a positive people who are speakers or authors, or it can be uh, your story with people that you admire and and want to honor that are in your book, or it can be of people who are your fans and followers or supporters of your cause, your mission, or, or your business. Or heck, it can even be a book to help you remember all the people you met at an event. So when, <laughs> when we go to these events, just like regular humans, you go back and life gets busy and you go back to your habits and you're not really necessarily thinking of the people you just talked to and said, hey, I'll follow up with you this week. And what happens is those numbers and those messages slide on down that X line and the busier you are, the less likely you are to even find them again until it's maybe a holiday and you say, you know what, I got nothing to do for the next eight hours at Christmas. I'm going to go ahead and just say Happy, Merry Christmas, everybody, or 
happy Hanukkah, whatever your <laughs> holiday choice is. And then you say, oh my gosh, in 2020, I need to reach out to this person besides just a holiday message because they were so amazing at this event. So I turn to these key smiling books when I'm trying to jar my memory or I thematically want to create something and a project really is uh, drawing to a certain aspect or uh, or a collection of ideas and these key smiling books help me get to those people quicker and what I've really found interesting is that these books actually uh, help me jump up to make connections to the people that they know or that I can help them with. Yeah, the connection piece has been wonderful. The feedback that I've gotten about how, you know, people do really get excited. They look through a book and then they see their friend or someone that they want to know and they literally do take out their phone and snap a picture and and text it to them. And, you know, the whole purpose of this is for us to have community amongst people so that they um, do business together, joint venture, do friendships, you know, um, you know, think of each other and and show up in the world to create. And the more that we're doing this and, and over the, it's been, you know, five years that since you started this, that, the the turnaround from us doing this and meeting all the people and then how I see them again and take an updated picture, the evolution that it's becoming this community and how it is well known that people are like, oh, wait, I think I know him. They think they recognize you or the keep smiling, um, the keep smiling card, of course, and the umbrella syndicate, which is your business. They recognize the emblem. So it's really fun. And it's interesting because I'll meet strangers and they'll look at and they'll be like, hmm, this looks kind of familiar. And then the more I talk with them, all of a sudden they're like, oh my God. Oh, actually, I have a funny story. Do you mind me sharing? As long as it's under, let's call it 30 minutes because we want to leave a little time for our guests. <laughs> it is under 30 minutes. Um, what it is is... Um, uh, I was at an event, I, uh, an event called Spice, and Spice is um, a networking meeting that pulls together um, people that are entrepreneurs who have a, philanthropo- a philanthropic heart and really want to make a change in the world. So they really fit with the Keep Smiling movement. And they have um, five different chapters in different cities and looking to expand. In fact, Dan Rawls was there, a friend that uh, Ken and I met uh, covering a mastermind at Sea. Um, mastermind with uh, uh, Roger um, Salam. And um, and so we were uh, all there talking and there was a gentleman there and I introduced, we were supposed to do a literal interview game. And I told him who I, you know, was telling him about myself because his job was to find out more about me. And he said, you didn't tell me your name. And I said, oh, I often forget to tell people my name. I assume people already know me. And he goes, <clears throat> oh, what, do you think you're like a personality or people know you? And I said, well, uh, actually, yeah, kind of. I said not in a braggy, snobby way, but I go to a lot of events and people tend to really know me. And so I just never even thought about it. And then he's like, oh, yeah, okay. And, you know, and, and I don't blame him for saying that because it did come off a little uh, uh, s- silly of me. Anyhow, we kept talking and then all of a sudden he goes, oh, my gosh, I know who you are. And I said, you do? And he said, yeah, we met two years ago um, at Traffic and Conversion. You came and talked to me at our table for like an hour. We were laughing and joking. Now that we've been laughing, I realized, you know, I recognized your smile and your laughter. I I know who you are. And so we had such a really good laugh with that because it was literally us laughing about um, him. He he did know me. So... (laughs) I was well-known. And uh, Ken, our guest, is calling me instead of the show. So I'm going to get that and let you um, tell a little bit more about the Keep Smiling movement. I will not do it. So 
uh, for 2020, if you would like to create a cool book that you can send out to all your friends sharing your story, there's so many people that may not know your journey and what you're about and what you're trying to create in 2020. So we can send you a template and regardless of whether you do a book or not, it's kind of like a TED Talk template in that it tells your who, your why, and your how. And the how is really the best description of how effective you are at creating abundance and solving world problems. So my recommendation to you is reach out to Andrea, and she will send you a template absolutely free, no obligation. And if you decide you want to do an ebook, it's actually extremely affordable. And uh, if you want to print copies, uh, black and white are, are super inexpensive as well. And you get to have something that you share with people is your heart and your mind and your mission and your purpose for living. So pretty cool. And um, we're just excited that anyone that is a leader that shares their key smiling journey is actually going to accelerate how their impact actually happens in the world. And that impact obviously causes your life to be more enriched, more enjoyable. And Zig Ziglar said, if you want to uh, be successful, help a lot of other people become successful. That's kind of my encapsulated version of what he said. But, you know, anyone that is successful in life, they've they've impacted a lot of people. And uh, the Key Smiling book also has an opportunity for anyone that wants to sponsor and be seen by tens of thousands of people that are like-minded and like-hearted with uh, a, a specific theme, whether it be publishing or speaking, et cetera. And if you're not on stages as much as you'd like to be, this is certainly an opportunity for you to be seen, known and marketed by fellow speakers. So, Andrea, are you back? I am back. And um, Aaron, uh, has Burnt been able to join us yet? Well, I'm not quite sure. So while they're figuring that out for the technical difficulties, um, you know, I, I do want to share um, a, a little bit about Burnt. Um, I met him through his partner, Greg Ryder. Greg Ryder, I met Oh, I think I've known him since 2007. Um, he does e-commerce and real estate and works with celebrity lifestyle branding. He's really got a great business. He's uh, really gregarious. Ha! Huh, and his name's Greg. He reaches out to a lot of people in the world. He's a really great influencer. And he... Um, uh, through the years that we've gotten to know each other, he told me that he was working with Burnt, and I was so pleased, uh, you know, to to meet Burnt and have an opportunity to uh, come on board to uh, help showcase Burnt out to there. And um, he's going to be speaking in different corporations and so forth. And uh, le- actually, let me just share his, um, you know, his. Why don't uh, you share his? Why don't you share his bio? Bio. And- that's what that's called. <laughs> no, so, hey, hey, guys. Guys. Yes. Yes. And you, if you can hear me, I have kind of been enjoying sitting here passively listening to all the accolades. I was thinking maybe I should continue to stay quiet, but um, <laughs> good morning. Here I am. Well, well Bern, I know you were very nervous about speaking for an entire hour, so you were as shy as you could be for, I guess it's 16 minutes, so we could cut the show down to 44 minutes instead of that's an hour. So I know that's, that's, exactly your, right. that's your sweet spot. So <laughs> I'm probably going to be... So, just fair warning, I told you this uh, when we uh, talked earlier, I'll probably be more gregarious in the first segment, and I'll probably be more jovial in the second segment, just so that I don't have to stop the show each time and tell you which one I'm going to be. Well, I do certainly appreciate it. I will try to adapt to uh, 
whichever candidates that's, uh, you know, on the area. If I didn't have a split personality, I wouldn't even deal with this stuff during the show live. But, I mean, it's so important that the show is smooth. So those of you who are listening, we have a little inside joke with Burnt. Uh, um, I had introduced Ken as uh, both of those assets, and uh, he uh, then told Burnt he would be one behavior at the one half of the show and the other behavior the other half, and we just had a really good laugh. Let me introduce uh, Well, wait, Bernd. before you do, oh, before sure. you do, you, asked, you said to the people that are listening, for the people that are not listening, it doesn't really matter which one I'm going to be. So let's, <laughs> let's go ahead and introduce them. <laughs> Absolutely. So uh, I have with us Burnt Almond. Now he is, um, that is not Burnt Almond. We want to make sure we correct that. So Burnt Almond, he is the man behind the brand. So while we're poking fun and laughing, we have the, one of the most influential men with us. He's often returned, referred to as the man behind the brands for the very reason is that he's a very trusted business acceleration expert. And he has been trusted by top fashion moguls and CEOs such as Damon John, Eddie Lane, Lampert and Tommy Hilfiger, among others. Uh, Mr. Allman is arguably the world's leading expert in celebrity brand development, brand management, licensing and distribution, and monetization. See, he's contributed to successful launches of brands for clients, including J-Lo, Jennifer Lopez, Adam Levine, uh, Nicki Minaj, and many, many others. And the brands that he's worked with have generated over $6 billion in global sales. And these are only a couple that he um, has mentioned and there's so many great stories that uh, Burnt and I have had a, a chance to laugh and share and he'll be sharing those with uh, Ken and I and all of you today. So welcome to the show Burnt, we're so glad to have you. Thank you so very much and let me just start out Andrea to say I am so impressed and it's been a pleasure to meet both of you but very rarely I didn't realize you were on the west coast. And when I called you this morning before 6 a.m. your time, very rarely do I meet cheerful professional people at 5-something. But that's what happened when Andrea and I spoke this morning. So kudos to you for, uh, you know, the professional manner you handle everything. And I was very impressed. I can tell you somewhere between 5 and 6 a.m., I don't think that um, I would handle the call with the same grace and professionalism as you did. (laughs) Well, thank you. Well, God bless you. And uh, I will say that um, since there's, we're so close to 2020, this is really a valuable um, conversation we're going to be having because so many people can listen to this and adapt some of the habits. And, you know, sometimes there's a show where there's a lot of story and not all that much content, but you really have a valuable book that's showing the blueprint. And I think this is the kind of book you need to immerse yourself in. So I want to start off so people know who you are and where you came from, because a lot of people, when they hear about a millionaire or a billionaire or a trillionaire, um, which I am, uh, they think that this just is a silver spoon situation and that it's not possible for them. So can we start off by uh, sharing your journey, uh, where you were born, what your childhood was like, and some of the key moments, and we'll try and wrap that story up uh, before the end of the half hour point. And then in the second half hour, we'll talk more about your book and what it's doing for people. Sure. No, I appreciate that. And I'm, I'm glad you kind of qualified the timeline because I was just about to say, I didn't realize that this was a 10 hour show. Um, <laughs> you know, I have had a little bit of, uh, of history, but uh, yeah. So let me start out. Uh, you may be picking up uh, on the fact that I have an accent 
And although I work in Manhattan, New York every day, this accent is not from Brooklyn. So uh, I am originally from Norway, uh, which my uh, peculiar name may, might somehow have given away. So again, the burnt almond, not burnt almonds, which I often get. Um, uh, that, that, that's my original background. But actually, I was born in New York, uh, Norwegian parents, uh, moved back to Norway at age three, so it's not like I have uh, any type of real recollections of having lived in, in, in the United States. Grew up in Norway, went to business school um, in Copenhagen in Denmark, uh, where I got first uh, my BA and then I got an MBA. And while I got my MBA, that's when I kind of got my first real taste for business, I launched Scandinavia's first home delivery of pizza, Pizza Pronto. Hmm. And um, I, I got my first kind of very real business lesson, quite frankly, as still as a student, but as the proud owner of Pizza Pronto, where, you know, I was studying marketing, among other things. So uh, putting all I had learned into works, and this is now many years ago, we're back in, uh, I don't know, mid-80s. So this is pre-internet and, you know, the really only form of communication uh, particularly on the weekend, there was like one massive uh, newspaper. So I hit them up, and they liked the story about the Norwegian student living in Denmark and bringing this uh, product, which to them was Italian pizza. So I got the front cover uh, of uh, the business section of the Sunday paper. And, of course, again, I put my uh, um, uh, degree here to use, so I had... You know, the pizza pronto, image, logo, everything plastered on the side of my two pizza trucks with our phone number in, in very, very large letters. So every picture they took was in front of my truck with the phone number. So I couldn't have been more happy. I basically felt that I was done before we launched because I was going to corner this market of home delivery of pizza when this article came out. And um, the big day arose... And, and I was super excited. And, of course, what happened is while we normally opened at 7 or rather uh, 3 p.m., um, people started picking up their newspapers, you know, 7 a.m., 8 a.m. They saw the phone number and they began calling. By 10 a.m., the phone system had broken down. Uh, by mm. noon, we had emergency lines, you know, up and running again. And I had solicited friends uh, to help out answering the phone. Then pizza truck number one broke down. Then pizza truck number two broke down. Those were all the pizza trucks we had. So uh, we ultimately, our big launch, ended up delivering cold, soggy pizza three to four hours after people had called for it. And I would say if it wasn't for the fact that home delivery of pizza is such a good idea, I would have been out of business before I ever really got started. And, you know, I, I learned a pretty important lesson in business, and that is you get only one chance at making a first impression. So you might as well make it a good one. So you, you, you better make sure you're ready. So it's great to seek out the attention, but at the end of the day, it is all about execution. So, and, you know, we couldn't execute. And again, as I said, it took a long time for us to recover. Luckily, home delivery pizza is a really good idea, or it was back then. And, um, yeah, so we survived. But that was it. So, yeah, that was the beginning. 
Um, That's cool. And, um, yeah. So and that well, was pretty uh, serious all, learning. Yeah, go ahead. I want to I say talk skull do ha. Huh? Ah, that is extremely impressive. Well, that's fluent Norwegian right there. And, uh, <laughs> you know, I'll... <laughs> that's so you're welcome. And, and, and I need to tell you another thing. Had I known first impressions were so important, I would have said Belkomen. Wow. I'm blown away. I'm feeling like I'm back in the old country. <laughs> so where where hey, does um, old Norwegian come from? Uh, it actually comes from Google. I, I took That's 13 I languages, so I'm a, I'm a little adept at how to pronounce things, so I, I did okay, I guess, right? Yeah, you did. No, no, you, you, did. you did well. Well, uh, I, I guess... Uh, the first thing I want to say is from I guess that uh, is the jovial side. I'm going to I'm going to go. I'm going to skip right to jovial, right right out of inside. Uh, I like it. Right to jovial. So your uh, story about the first and second truck. Um, I think uh, when you do future shows like the big 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 ones, say my first truck, my last truck went kaput, and unfortunately we only had a first and last truck. <laughs> that, that, that's good advice. I get it. Yes, I, I will remember that. So, <laughs> so that, that's this a great is story. A story that I shared that widely. I'm not sure. You know, it it it, it takes you know uh, a lot of experiences to get to where you get to, and then this is one of my early experiences, and it really stands out. But you know, clearly, this is one of those where it wasn't necessarily a resounding success. But, um, sure. yeah, but anyway, well, we, well I want to talk a lot about your book, but let's, let's, uh, first of all, uh, find, tell our audience where they can actually follow you, connect with you, see where they can buy the book. Go ahead and share that. Sure. Thank you. Yeah. So, so probably the easiest, I do have a website and again, I do also have a peculiar name. So it is burntolman.com. And if you go to burntolman.com forward slash book, it takes you directly um, to a link where you can buy the book. But so, um, and, and since you're kind enough, Ken, to, to offer this up, so burnt is spelled B-E-R-N-T, and then Olman is U-L-L-M-A-N-N. I think you can all do .com and forward slash book. So, but burnt um. Olman... This audience actually doesn't know how to spell that, so we're going to go ahead and spell that too. Uh, dot, do not spell D-O-T. Just use the period and then the com. Actually spell out C-O-M, and then you'll get there. All right. So uh, is this gregarious? You're actually hysterical. I, I had no idea you were this funny. We were laughing earlier, but I didn't know you were this funny. Well, I'll tell you what, I want to go a deep dive into your book, and I want to talk about uh, your experiences since you came up with the idea of doing a book and how your life has changed, and we're going to come back from break and actually discuss that. So this program is brought to you by the Keep Smiling Movement, of course, the Red Carpet Connection, and the Umbrella Syndicate. We'll be back in a couple minutes. Be sure to friend us on Facebook. You can do it right now. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for us at keyword Voice America. 
The Umbrella Syndicate amplifies good causes, good people, and good messages. They offer a suite of services that help people and businesses gain better exposure. Through working with the Umbrella Syndicate, you gain the ability to reach an audience of 50,000 unique people a week. They have recently reached over 20,000 followers on Facebook. You can view their photography and how they use it as a strong promotional tool on their Facebook fan page, facebook.com slash The Umbrella Syndicate. Show them your support by liking their page. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. This is Amplify. To reach the show today, please call 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. We also would love to hear from you via email to info at umbrellasyndicate.com. Now, back to Amplify. All right, we are back for the second part, and this is where we're taking the deep dive. For those of you who are ready to take that Big, big jump up from whatever income you're at to being a billionaire. It is a process. There is a blueprint. There's always a system to anyone who's successful. And Bern is going to be very generous with his information in the second half. And those of you who have not heard of him or read his book, uh, we're going to be giving you a nice little gift for the holidays to indoctrinate you into the possibility of being a, a more than abundant person and a contributor like Bert. So Bert, um, thank you so much for being generous and putting a book out that gives the answers and creates the value that so many people want to have in their life. Yeah, my absolute uh, pleasure and thank you for having me on and giving me the opportunity to speak to your audience. And, and just uh, as an extension and to be clear, Ken, um, yes, we will uh, give away to your audience um, a copy of the ebook. Uh, the specifics of how they get it, I think, Andre, if you will be kind enough to just uh, manage that part of it, that would be great. But we are delighted to share the information with the audience. Super. So uh, I, I have three parts to this segment. One part is, you know, why did you do the book? Uh, the second part is, uh, what the book did to change your life, and then, of course, the big part is how it'll change others' lives. So let's start off with, um, ha- have you done a book before, and, uh, and what was the process like, um, and why did you do, why'd you do it? Right. So, no, I have not done a book before. Uh, this is my very first book, and I think, if you uh, don't mind, I'm going to back up and kind of give you a little bit, or give the audience, I know you know, but a little bit of my background, because... I think it will become clearer, you know, why I ended up doing the book. Uh, And so, in essence, as I was saying earlier, you know, I I came from Norway, I moved over here, and and I've spent, you know, most of my career in kind of the fashion, entertainment, brand management space. And um, going back to the early 90s, or early to mid-90s, I was working for the Donna Karen company, and I was a corporate vice president of uh, Donna Karen. And I did that for approximately five years. I, I traveled all over the world. I opened 85 flagship stores under license on behalf of the company. And then uh, I met Damon John, the people shark on uh, the immensely successful television show Shark Tank, 
and he was the founder of a brand called FUBU, uh, together with three of his partners. And I joined that company, and I became president of FUBU International, and uh, we had uh, a lot of success. So, whereas uh, at Donna Karen, uh, the division I was running, we probably took that from around 40 million to 250 million. At, at FUBU, um, I was part of growing that company from less than 100 million when I joined to over 400 million wholesale, which really translates to around 800 million retail. And, and can I cut um, in, Bernd, can I cut in for a second? Yes, um, yeah. So a question I have and many others might have is, what is it that caused that really huge transformation? I know your involvement did, but what, what were some of the activities that actually uh, caused that massive success? So I would say uh, in, 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 the case of, in the case of FUBU and, and you know, Damon, it, it was really, I think, uh, a number of things that came together. So, uh, and I don't think anyone, you know, gets all of the credit. This is definitely a team effort. So, number one, uh, Damon and his partners realized the emergence of, in essence, a new demographic. demographic. Of course, they were always there. Uh, but uh, FUBA stands for For Us, By Us. And uh, it was kind of, to a certain extent, an empowerment brand for a new generation or a new demographic that felt that, okay, there were a lot of big established brands, but on some level, they were in essence pandering to this youth because they didn't live their lives. So, um, Uber came out and, and, and in essence recognized that, hey, we, we are kind of the audience. We are, we are designing this product for us. And that resonated a lot uh, with, with their core demographic. But in addition, I would say there were a lot of things that were done right. So uh, I worked a lot with celebrity, and I will cover that later. And one of the first places where I got the real taste of that was at FUBU because the guys were absolute experts at putting the product on the right. And we didn't use the term influencer back then. But on the right influencers, that was back in the day, I don't know if you remember, but that was back when something called MTV was actually playing music videos. MTV, mm. music television, they were actually playing music. They don't do that <laughs> anymore. Imagine uh, that. But back then, yeah, exactly. Back then, there were, you know, artists on nonstop. And uh, we as a company developed actually a new position where we had people whose sole job it was to know when and where music videos were going to be, show, be, be, be shot. And they would show up with bags full of fresh, you know, uh, FUBU gear. And the artists would be delighted and put it on and go and perform and shoot their videos. So we got tremendous coverage. And it reminds me of specifically one story, which is really a great story, um, of how the brand truly launched. So... Damon spoke to his friend, um, LL Cool J. LL Cool J was uh, already, a, you know, a big, big, big rapper, hip-hop artist back then. And he became a formal brand ambassador and formally involved with the company. And then the Gap had kind of felt that they had, on the other hand, lost some of the luster with the youth. So they reached out to LL Cool J and said, hey, could he make, you know, a rap for them? that would make the brand more relevant. And he agreed, but asked 
was it okay if you wore his own cap in this $30 million national uh, commercial or advertising campaign? Because Gap didn't have caps at the time. So the Gap executives agreed. So LL Cool J showed up for this shoot wearing a FUBU cap. It said FB on the front, and every kid out there knew that that was FUBU. So now he's out there, and he's rapping about the Gap, wearing the FUBU cap in this $30 million national advertising campaign. And in the middle of the Gap rap, he says, for us, by us, on the low. Well, for us, by us, as we just talked about, that's the acronym for FUBU. Again, every kid knew that he just dropped the FUBU name in the middle of a Gap commercial. Wow. Um, yeah, starting out the Gap commercial, you know, the Gap executives were thrilled. It was a great rap. However, uh, that changed a little when they all figured out that uh, uh, this was guerrilla marketing at its finest, if you like, and <laughs> they just had created the $30 million marketing campaign and launched the FUBU brand. Um, that, so that, that was a huge coup for, for FUBU. Worked out at the end, in the end all the way around because all the kids out there were thinking, okay, we must be able to buy, to buy FUBU in the Gap stores now. So they all came into the stores anyway. So it ended up being, you know, it launched the FUBU brand and Gap were happy after all. So all this well that ends well. But that was part of, to answer your question, you know, there were a number of incidents like that that were part of driving the success. There was no, no accidents, no coincidences and if you will indulge me, I can go on. I have just one other story, which I think is well, it's very worthwhile. Uh, so when you're in Nor- the normally at this time, I would reject that offer to indulge. But in this particular case, I'm going to waive that, and I'm going to indulge. Indulge, sir. Well, thank you very much. I, I greatly appreciate uh, the ability to indulge. So. Uh, we, you, when, you, when you are in the fashion business, typically you go to trade shows. Certainly in the olden days, you always went to trade shows. So Fubu um, is now, they have partnered up um, with, with, with uh, and, and other kind of finance groups. So Samsung was involved on the back end, and uh, a group called the Weisfelds, the Weisfeld Group, were involved. So, and, and the Weisfeld had, three, uh, had six, six salesmen already with, uh, you know, a large book of customers, clients. So now they're going to the trade show, and here comes the directive to every one of the six salespeople. So they were saying, okay, I want you, their salesman number one, two, three, four, five, and six, call every single customer you have and invite every single one of them to the booth on the first day of the show at 9 a.m. And, of course, every salesman was like, well, I can't do that. I can't work with it. I have over 100 clients. Well, ultimately, they all did. When the show opened and other buyers from other stores walked into the show, there was one trade show booth that was mobbed with buyers. They were, you know, 10 deep trying to get into these FUBU booths. And as you know, fear is a very strong motivator. This is like FOMO, a fear of missing out at its finest. So every other buyer that had not been invited is saying, oh my goodness, what's going on over there? I, I have to. I have to buy this brand because clearly uh, there are so many buyers there. This must be very important. 
So that was also a great little, uh, you know, way of, of launching. And they left that show with literally millions of dollars worth of orders. That's very cool. Well, I, I know Andrea yeah. was the one who actually put this show together and also connected us. So I wanted to give her an opportunity to ask a couple questions since she actually has a couple. I do. You know, Burnt, you know, one of the things that you've shared with people is, you know, how, you know, there's like seven steps to creating wealth uh, through brand equity. And, you know, if you would take an opportunity to share that seven is like too long for, you know, for the time that we have. But if you could just be very brief and and giving people an idea so that way they can explore more or maybe we can have you on for a second segment another time. Yeah, no, I appreciate that. And and so what I maybe just, let's try to distill it down to kind of its purest form. So what I am a very big advocate of is, number one, yeah, okay, I, 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 I am very excited about entrepreneurship and business. So anyone out there, businessman, businesswoman, anyone that's doing any form of business, I salute you. I think it's wonderful. Here is my argument, though. If you don't have a brand, I will argue that you can do a lot better business and, and you can make more money. And, and, and this is why. Let's first start. What is a brand? Well, a brand is any type of distinguishing factor that sets you or rather your product or your service apart from the competition in the mind of the consumer. That's a brand. So when you have that, now, now you have something that the consumer can start trusting. Uh, If you don't have that, if there is nothing that sets you apart, if there is nothing that is unique about your service or your product, you are left to compete on only one thing, and that is price. And there's always someone out there a little more desperate than you, willing to work on lower prices or lower margins, so that puts a lot of pressure on your business and you will often find yourself in what I call a death spiral race to the bottom. And that's obviously not a great place to be. Who wants to be in a death spiral race to the bottom in their business? So uh, I'm arguing, and I believe this firmly, that having a brand will A, uh, avoid this terrible fate, but B, uh, it will allow you to do better business. Because when you have a brand, it will allow you to charge more for your products or services. So you will do business, but you will do better business. It will probably allow you to spend less money on, on, on advertising uh, because you have a known entity. And then, and here is the kicker, so you're now doing better business, hopefully having a more profitable business, but the brand takes on a value in and of itself. So for instance, I didn't get very far through when we started on my background, but after FUBU, I was, became president of Fat Fashions. That was uh, the brands Fat Farm and Baby Fat. Russell Simmons uh, founded it. Kamora Lee Simmons headed up Baby Fat. And, and when, I, um, when I joined the company, uh, it was as part of an acquisition. And there was a headline in the New York Times saying, um, Fat fashions being sold for $140 million. But that was actually not true. Russell Simmons did not sell the company. 
he sold only the intellectual property rights, only the IP, he only sold the brand. The value of the brand was $140 million. So in addition to having owned it and ran it since 1992, uh, and this transaction was somewhere in the early 2000s, and done great business over the years, he sold just the value of the brand for $140 million. Here's another example. I recently worked with Bethany Frankel. Bethany Frankel is one of uh, the original housewives of New York. Uh, she's also a guest shark on Shark Tank and investor. She has uh, had multiple other real estate television shows. And she created a brand while filming uh, the Housewives show, The Real Housewives of New York. She created a brand called Skinny Girl. Skinny Girl Cocktails, Skinny Girl Margarita. Yep. Again, she sold... Yeah, I'm familiar with that. Only, only the alcoholic beverage rights. Only the rights to the alcoholic, uh, alcoholic beverage. To be in Centauri. No company, not even the whole brand. And she sold it for $100 million. That's the power of building a brand. And that's really what the book teaches. So the steps to going from having, you know, some type of transaction to a branded business to then gaining trust. And then when you get to that last step where you have a brand, now you have these assets. Yes, you can sell it or you can license it. So we also talk about in the book, well, what else can you do to enhance, when we call it brand equity, when your brand becomes or, or takes on value, that equity is brand equity. And, and what you can do to kind of expand it and enhance it. And one of the things, you touched on it a little bit in the beginning, Andrea. So I have been working with a lot of celebrities. So we did the largest celebrity deal ever done uh, in history when we did the Jennifer Lopez and Mark Anthony deal, which came with purchasing guarantees of $3.5 billion with a B. And uh, these things are possible when you're dealing with, for instance, a celebrity like a Jennifer Lopez or a Mark Anthony. And what you gain if you take your brand and you affiliate yourself with a celebrity, you gain eyeballs and you gain trust. So the eyeballs, because... Celebrities, and there's now a whole new industry out there with what's called influencers. And influencers may not have the same numbers, not the same millions of millions of followers, but many of them have uh, well over a million and into the millions of followers. And so influencers and celebrities have followers. They can, the right type of authentic and credible partnership can give you eyeballs. And as I said, trust because influencers and celebrities have followers and quite frankly they think it's a lot more valuable if this influencer or celebrity says this is a great brand this is a great product this is a great service and it's worth a lot more to the consumer than if you say it about yourself we can all take out an ad and say hey buy me because i am great but how credible is that really um, so that is just one one of the things that we teach, and we show how to do that. And quite frankly, Andrea, you mentioned early on that I have formed a company now called Celebrity Lifestyle Brand, uh, Brands with my partner, Greg Ryder. So Celebrity Lifestyle Brands, what we really do is we help 
celebrities, influencers, and brands. We call them SIDs. We help them monetize their social media following through e-commerce. So uh, there is a whole new, brave new world out there. So that brings up a point of the jump from, I guess, no money or not abundant money to billionaire. What is the pathway for someone listening right now to get some hold of, I guess, abundance to actually make these power moves? So the reality is, in in my humble opinion, I, I think anyone that's listening right now that is focusing on how much money they can make for themselves mm-hmm. uh, should actually have a little bit of um, a mind shift. Exactly. Stop thinking about how much you can make for yourself. Start thinking about how you can be of service. Start thinking about what problems you can solve for others. That is really, I think, uh, ultimately a great starting point. What can you do? So the, the world does not need another product. The world does not need another service. So unless you are bringing something of value, unless you're solving a problem, um, there's not a whole, you know, it's not a big reason for being. And then secondarily, please, and a lot of people, you know, do this. Stop focusing on yourself and start, as I said, focusing on how you can be of service and bring value to others. The money will follow if you do it the right way. But if you just focus on the money, um, I, I, I think, yes, maybe your mom or dad will be proud of you. But uh, <laughs> that is not the road to success. I don't even think they'll be proud of you. But I'm, I'm so glad you said that because really in this day and age, again, so many things have already been done. So it's about actually adding the value, solving problems, and actually being a person of trust. So let's go to rapid fire. And we're going to have a little longer rapid fire because I think there's a lot more questions for you. So I'm going to start off with my uh, favorite question, which is a book that changed your life. And I'll put an asterisk as long as you can keep it relatively short. You can add two or three books. All right. I appreciate that. So the, the reality is I don't know that there's any singular book that changed my life. Uh, early on, um, I... In my career, I, I, I focused on, on books like, you know, Who Moved My Cheese or, you know, more goal-oriented books. But more recently, quite frankly, and maybe this has something to do with me working closely with Damon John, but I really got a lot out of it. He has two books that I like. So he had Rice and Grind, uh, and then he had something called The Power of Broke. And I thought The Power of Broke was so interesting because... What Damon said in that book was, if we had a million dollars when we were starting out, we would have made a million dollar mistake. And I think that's so true. Very often, we are so focused on, oh, we, that there are all these reasons why we can't start, why we can't you know, begin our business, because we, we feel we, we need this or we need that, or we're sitting at our desks planning things out. And at one point, you kind of sort of just need to get to market and adapt. And, and one of the things the guys did, because they didn't have a million dollars, they weren't funded in the beginning, they noticed, for instance, they, they uh, grew up in Hollis, Queens in New York, and they noticed that all the stores at the end of the day, they had these metal gates that they pulled down 
to keep their storefronts safe. And over the years, they got, those got dirty and grimy. And the four founders of FUBU, they went around to all the store owners and they offered to clean and paint the gates in return for something very simple, in return for them being able to place their FUBU logo on the gate. <coughs> and of course, most store owners thought that was a great idea. So at night, without having any advertising budget and without, you know, barely having launched their business, there were FUBU logos on storefronts all over Hollis, Queens. So I, some of those stories are very compelling to me, and maybe because I was close to it and I got to watch a lot of it, but I feel there are a lot of great lessons to be learned in, in Damon's books. Well, LL Cool J, tell me uh, what you learned from him. You know what? Uh, LL Cool J is just unbelievably personable. I learned that, and, and this is true for every celebrity I ever met, and I've met a lot of them. They are all incredibly personal, personable. They're all in the moment. None of them are an accident. Not one single one. They all have a vision. They all have a dream, and they're all sticking through it. And I don't care whether it's you know Tommy Hilfiger, where I partnered with Star Branding, or Damon John, or Jennifer Lopez, or Mark Anthony, or the Rolling Stones, or Steven Tyler, or Nicki Minaj, or Adam Levine, they all have that in common. They're very present in the moment. They all have a vision. They all have a dream, and they stick to it, unrelenting. Andrea has a question. What is your favorite song? Just the title, and then we'll go back to another question from Ken. Okay. Well, I, I, I happen to like a song called Awake and Alive by Skillet a lot. And, and I remember just a small snippet of the lyrics, and it says, I'm awake, I'm alive. Now I know uh, something like what I believe inside. Uh, now it is my time. I'll do what I want because it's my life. I, I believe that's more or less what it says. And, and that is just very empowering to me. So actually I have uh, a little reel you know, like a speaker's wheel that I, you know, they play it before I go on stage. And I don't, I'm not a professional speaker, but they made this for me. And, and they asked me about what song to play when I walk onto stage. And that's actually the song that they play when I walk onto stage. Because again, I think it's very uplifting and, and, and it's a positive message. Um, so yeah, awake and alive. Where the hell did you learn about that, awesome. that song? I want to know that. Where did you hear about that song? <laughs> I don't even know. I just, that's a, you know, that's a killer I song. Actually, yeah, are you familiar? You know it. Of course, yeah, I love yeah, of it. course. It's not. It's not the yeah. song that most people would identify or share on the, on the radio show. So, bravo to you. That that is like cutting edge. Well, thank you. No, I I love it. But you know, to me, it's well. I happen to love the side that the sound. I mean, it's kind of a rock and yeah, roll. It's, it's sound, if you like, but yeah. but 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 I think the. You know, the lyrics, the message is so great. So I, I love agree. stuff that is empowering and uplifting. So, and well, we are unfortunately getting really close to the end of the segment. So I want to finish with um, the question, I guess, that I find to be more most identifying to who you are, which is, what is the quote you live by? Oh, there, you know, there, there are just so many. If I'm going to go with one, probably... And, and this might be unexpected to you, but I'm going to go with your network is your net worth. And what I mean by that... That's Harvey McKay. 
<laughs> that's Harvey McKay. Harvey McKay said that. Yes, yes, that's exactly right. And I believe it. I believe it so much. So, and, and to me, what it means, it's about the people. So, uh, it, it's, you know, uh, the journey is somewhat challenging at times, right? And uh, the power of having a network that you can tap into, whether it is a mentor or mentors or uh, a more formal business board of advisors or just family and friends, I, I think it's critical. So, yes. Your network is your net worth. Awesome. I, I, I believe you in are, that. You are so off. generous with uh, your information. And anyone that would like to get a copy of the ebook, I strongly encourage you to reach out to Amplified. The uh, Facebook uh, would actually allow you that access. And we are super excited that we are going to be actually become billionaires along with Burns. So thank you so much for that information. <laughs> and um, in 2020, we are alongside you for all these celebrity events. This is Ken Roshan with Voice America with the producer of the show, Andre Adams-Miller, the Red Carpet Connection, sponsored by Keep Smiling Movement. Keep your life amplified. We hope you've enjoyed this week's edition of Amplified. Be sure to join Ken Roshan again next Monday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time and 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Now, go get your message heard.